four-point game. To Julius, puts up a three. Bearcat Blitz, welcome in everybody. Another show on the Believe Network. Russ Heltman, All Bearcats reporter, joined by my compatriot at allbearcats.com, Neil Meyer. Check out all of the UC basketball coverage there, UC football coverage as well. A lot of signing day news and a lot of UC football transfer portal wrap up on uh, on our Christmas show when we have that drop next week. But all basketball today as we're excited to welcome on UC wing forward guard kind of hybrid he does it all for the cincinnati bearcats cmos lukosius coming on the show in just a moment we'll talk about all things so far this season through 11 games for cmos and the bearcats dive into uh, his journey from butler to cincinnati and just his basketball journey in general very excited to chat with cmos for a little bit to start off the show and then we'll touch on the 65 49 win against Merrimack to get that perfect record continued at Fifth Third Arena so far this year for West Miller's crew. And we'll uh, we'll touch on the Stetson matchup as well a little bit if we have time near the end of the show. But before we get there, all the major sports are in action this week with the college football playoff ready to kick off. And Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Neil, let's go ahead and welcome in CMOS as we like to get right to the interviews here on these condensed shows. CMOS, thank you so much for joining us this weekend. Taking some time out of your busy schedule, my man. No problem. Thank you for having me. So, CMOS, you've put up back-to-back double-digit performances over the past few games. It seems like you're starting to get your 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 feet and your legs back under you. Obviously, no pun intended when they were swept out from under you on the on the I'm sure kind of traumatic traffic incident you had on campus a couple of weeks back. But getting back into the rhythm of things is that how it's kind of feeling over the past couple of games? Um, yeah, I guess I could say that. I mean, it's definitely starting to feel much better to be out there on the court. Um, it was kind of a frustrating start to the season because you know even before the the car accident, like you mentioned, I had a few other minor injuries that I never really had had to deal with back in my in my college career or even before that so it was kind of frustrating not being at 100 percent and not being able to practice all the time um uh but yeah now i've been i've been kind of be able to been able to stay healthy for for the past few weeks so yeah kind of getting back into the rhythm is is how i describe it and, and hopefully yeah i can start turning the corner here soon yeah Sima. so you talk about that uh come back, you have your confidence a little bit back after the last few games. Just talk about that a little bit more. Last night you had a real efficient night, three for four shooting, three from three from beyond the arc. Are you starting to feel that confidence come back now that you are getting fully healthy? And how does that prepare you heading into this non – the last uh, two games of non-conference play? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess really yeah, my confidence is coming back and just in general, like it's, it's becoming – the the game's moving slower and uh, – 
it's it's just easier to move out there on the court now that I'm you know I'm always in practice and I'm I'm always feeling healthy um and that's really been the biggest difference um in terms of like mentally um and uh yeah yesterday uh I'm I've been trying to to be more kind of more aggressive. Yesterday was a little bit difficult because they were playing the zone, so you just have to take what they give you. And um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can keep being more aggressive and 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 bring more to the team like I expected to uh, from the start of the season. Yeah, you talk about that zone. Just what was the? It was a unique zone last night. That little one three one combo. What made that zone so frustrating a little bit last night for you guys? Um, because they don't really give you a lot. Like they're going to let you, they're not trying to let you enter the ball into the high post, but, and they're going to make every pass difficult. Um, so you kind of have to be really patient, really strong with the ball, but also you have to find the exact perfect pass that they're giving you at, at any single moment. And, uh, we sometimes struggle with that, but thankfully it kind of, kind of worked out in the end. How exciting has it been for you as a, as a playmaker and a guy who who has been the lead ball handler at times of this team to have a new option out there in Jamil Reynolds, a guy that can, at his size, also put it on the floor and and give you a little bit more of a kind of range to work with as a passer when you're feeding him on this post, both post touches or in transition or just in, in the movement of the offense? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very exciting, especially yesterday. I mean, you saw yourself uh... – it's sometimes crazy how like you just want to throw it in the post and just watch him go to work because uh, he really he really can do some special things down there and you know I've seen it in practice the whole year and I'm excited that I'm excited that he's finally able to show it to you guys as well in the games. In your in your college careers, Simas, have you gone through any stretch like this where you're across a twelve to thirteen game span, you're adding in impact players to the lineup? kind of as you go is this new for you have you experienced anything like this and um, and is there a transition that kind of goes with that where you guys all have to kind of get that timing down playing with each other uh I experienced that last year at Butler um we had two transfers Ali Ali from Akron and Jalen Thomas from Georgia State uh and both of them were dealing with health issues uh basically throughout the whole non-conference season and uh they came back for the first Big East game um, so I kind of dealt with that last year, but the biggest difference was they were just injured. So they didn't even practice with the team. And uh, Ali Ali was c- completely like he had a bad concussion. So he wasn't even around the team. He wasn't allowed to, to come out, come out of his house, basically. Um, so I kind of experienced that. But the biggest difference here is that Aziz and Jamil have been around us the, the whole year. They've been practicing. So I'd say the transition is is there a little bit, but it's nowhere near what it was last year. And uh, I definitely think it it won't be or really hasn't been a problem for us yeah so talk about having Aziz and Jamil back CMOS obviously two big impactful pieces but now it kind of gives you guys a lot of options we saw it last night able to go over the top a little bit more just talk about what you've been able to see from those two players a little bit more and what they bring to the table I mean yeah Aziz Aziz just brings his presence really to the table I mean on defense, he's a great rim protector. Uh, you can already, you could already see in the Georgia Tech game, especially there were people missing wide open layups just because he's he's there, and and it seemed to them like he was about to jump. Um, but yeah, they both bring a lot just in terms of from from their size and from their talent and skill. Um, with Millie, you know, you can you can give him the ball, you can let him even create uh, create opportunities for himself and and for others. And uh, with Aziz just being a extremely great rim runner, extremely great screen setter and, and roller, um, as, as well as both of them being really good on the defensive end as well. The, they, they really bring a lot for us. 
UC Wing, CMOS Lukosius joining us here on Bearcat Blitz. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, joined by my co-host, as always, Neil Meyer. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and review there. Also on Bally Sports Ohio, you can see this episode on your TVs, wherever you get your cable from. And we're on throughout the weekends on each and every game day, Saturday, Friday night, stuff like that. And also check us out on Talking Cats with Russ Heltman. So CMOS, biggest thing that you're kind of working on that you're trying to sharpen in your own game as we work through non-conference play here. And you guys are going to get roughly about a week between non-conference play and the start of Big 12 play to keep fine-tuning that kind of stuff. What are some? What's the biggest thing you're going to be working on over the next two-week stretch? Uh, I mean, for me personally, it's just going to be keep getting in the gym and just get, get my rhythm back, really, and uh, just get shots up and kind of get – work on everything simultaneously there's not really one one special thing that stands out especially in the middle of the season it's not like you can you know go out there like it's training camp or or you know really really improve one one type of skill set that uh that majorly so gotcha. um really it's just going to be getting in the gym uh you know practicing working hard with, with with the guys to just get better as a team and uh personally yeah just keep keep playing keep keep making plays and, and being aggressive just so i can and get back to being myself on the court. Yeah, Sima, so your journey to Cincinnati is quite unique. You started your career at Butler. You're from Lithuania originally, so you start your career at Butler. You enter the portal, you come to Cincinnati. For people who don't know, Coach Adams played a big role in getting you here to Cincinnati. Just talk about your relationship with him a little bit more and obviously uh, tell the story a little bit more that how he went over to Lithuania, visited with your family, and how that played a big journey and a big role for you to come to Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, I mean, Coach Drew was probably one of the first coaches to call me when when I was in the portal. Actually, Coach Coach West and Coach Drew called me back to back, basically like in the, within the first ten fifteen minutes. Um, so that kind of also made a big difference because I knew that whoever's wh- whoever are the first teams to reach out, those are the ones that are you know serious about me. And uh, but yeah, in general, Drew Drew did a great job of. of building a relationship with me while while not torturing me every day and, and calling me every every hour um so yeah and uh i really liked what the program had to offer i liked i liked the the, the what the team had to offer and and i really had a good relationship with the coaching staff and um yeah you know the talk came up about how how he, he wants to visit my dad over in lithuania and uh I really, I really appreciated that and that, that happened after i already already committed but you know we talked about it before be uh before that and you know it it just shows that that the intentions are real and that they really care about me not only just as a basketball player but as a person and that they want to get to know me and my family so it was it was really meaningful for me CMOS when we look at kind of where you came from in Europe to your your time in the states and going to Butler and all that what was that first spark what was the thing that really made you fall in love with basketball growing up and you're a, you're a kid who growing up you you lived in a lot of different places and have a lot of different experiences and your family's been kind of they've hopped around a lot throughout your life right um yeah so my father is a basketball coach so i guess that's kind of how how i fell in love with basketball at first but it, it was never okay. like you know he it was never like he put a ball in my hands it was like see my you're going to be a basketball player but uh <laughs> That's kind of how I got in, introduced to the sport, and I mean, ever since I remember, I, I was always, I was always hooping. You know, even if we had like a little, little basket in our apartments, and I would always be shooting. So, 
really I can't I can't even tell you the origin story because I was too young to remember. Um so uh but yeah, my ba- my dad was a basketball coach, so we did I did travel a lot in my in, when I was younger. Um that's how I learned in English. I I learned at a really young age and um yeah, my journey has been has been pretty interesting, but it led me it led me here and uh I'm happy with it. How many how many languages do you think you could you not necessarily speak fluently, but you could get around in the country pretty easily if you were dropped there? Uh, I'll say four. Good, good thing you asked not fluently because if you said fluently, <laughs> I would have. Yeah, I might have lied and still said four, but it's not fluent. <laughs> yeah, tough to speak four languages fluently, especially in America where we are uh, we are not as cultured as the rest of the world. That's that's the same. <laughs> Neil, go ahead, my man. Yeah. So, Simas, you talked earlier in the season about being alongside Victor Lockin. Obviously, now that the season is about to that halfway point, getting ready to kick off conference play, just talk about your relationship with Victor Lockin a little bit. We had him on the show the other uh, the other week, and we asked him about his journey uh, to basketball, and he told us how his first time going to the basketball gym, he actually told his parents that the bus never came, and he never <laughs> went for the workout. So just talk about your experience wow. with Victor Lockin there and that relationship a little bit more. Uh, I mean, our relationship is, is funny. It's, it's, it's really good. It's funny how it started because it was like, it's two Eastern Europeans. So by default, you guys have to be friends now, but it, it kind of worked <laughs> out well because I like him. I think, I think, I think he finds me all right. And, um, but yeah, I mean, we hang out a lot, you know, on and off the court, we walk to practice together. It's, uh, it's really easy to, to, to have fun with him. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a funny and an interesting guy. One more question or two more questions. Two quick ones here for Simas Lukosius, then we'll let him go as UC starts up preparation for Stetson as they start to wind down only two non-conference games remaining until the big Big 12 state slate gets going. Funniest player on the team, Simas. It might have it might have been the guy we were just talking about, but who is the funniest player on the team that, uh, that you've been able to come across? Okay. I'm not going to say Vic because uh... – I mean, wow, we have like, we we might have like six players tied for first place, but uh, I'll say Aziz and Landon, Landon Long, the, okay. those two are my, are my, my picks. I like it. And then the fun fact that people don't know about Simas Lukosius, what is a fun fact or an, an interesting fact that people oh, would man. never guess or don't know? I really suck at these. And you, you also <laughs> took my easy one. I would have said four languages, but, but we already talked about that, <laughs> so I can't say that either. Um, all right. Uh, I lived in seven countries growing up, so I'll use, I'll use that one. All right. I, like yeah, I don't well, really have a, think... a good go-to one. Hey, it's all good. All good. Focus on the ball. Focus on, on, on the basketball. Yeah, I like yeah. it. No fun. Neil, facts, you got anything else for CMOS? No, I'm all good. All right, CMOS. We appreciate the time, my man. Really appreciate just, just all the, all the, the interaction. We love it. We love that you're able to come on and uh, we hope you have a, Great, healthy, fingers crossed, no more traffic accidents, no more car accidents the rest of the season. <laughs> Keep you healthy so. out there on the floor and, uh, and contributing to UC Hoops. Good luck, man. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Awesome stuff from CMOS Lukos. Just a lot of fun right there. He's hitting his stride a little bit, played well over the past few games. What did he have? About 14 points in uh, in the 11 points against Mary Mack in the victory and then 14 points and the unfortunate loss to Dayton as Cincinnati continues their non-conference run, Neil. We'll get into the 65-49 win over Merrimack in just 
a few moments. And of course, take a look at the matchup against Stetson on Friday night as UC has just three games over the next two weeks, a chance to maybe shore up some of these issues and get some momentum building for that third game in the two-week span, which is at BYU to start off Big 12 play. He's Neil Meyer. I'm Russ Heldman. This is Bearcat Blitz. We'll be back in just a moment. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Neil, 65-49 victory for Cincinnati over the Merrimack Warriors. They did not cover the 18-and-a-half-point spread. It was it was sitting there for the taking, but Merrimack ended up taking back like a 5-0 run in the final minute or so to end up covering in what was a bad offensive showing for UC, an offensive showing that kind of glaringly showcased why C.J. Frederick is so important to this offense with his outside shooting and just the the, the versatility he offers you on the wing, plus maybe the offensive rebounding aspect a little bit on the flip side with Aziz Mandego missing as well. Those two guys, we could start there, Neil, and then kind of move to the Mary Mack game. Wes Miller confirmed that it's, what, a hamstring injury for C.J. Frederick. He discussed that mostly being a precautionary measure due to the torn hammy that Frederick's already suffered in his career, and I think a smart and astute noticing of it by trainer Bob Mangine. He holds him out due to precautionary reasons. There was no reason to risk C.J. Frederick getting hurt more seriously against Mary Mack. So I would expect him to be on the floor on Friday as long as there's no other flare-ups with that hamstring. But Aziz Bandago may be a little bit less likely to play at all this week after he had that back flare-up, which uh, Wes Miller described as kind of just got jacked up a little bit in the back on one of the earlier possessions, the earliest possessions in the Dayton loss. He was able to fight through it mostly with adrenaline. It ends up flaring up when that adrenaline goes down after the game, and he's not able to get on the floor for the matchup Tuesday. It felt like UC was definitely missing those guys on offense, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about the injury. CJ Frederick was held out for precautionary reasons with the hamstring injury, but the Aziz Bandego injury happened maybe the third possession of the game versus Dayton. Uh, lob attempt up inside and he got absolutely hacked a lot of contact and you could see it right there early on that he went right to the end of the bench he got worked on during the Dayton game and he immediately checked back in but it was still something to keep an eye on because that is a big and key piece for what the Bearcats are trying to do on offense here so missing Aziz Bandego and CJ Frederick last night were huge pieces but it was a smart decision by Bob Mangine to hold C.J. Frederick out just due to the injury history. But overall, might be able to see C.J. Frederick on the floor Friday night versus Stetson. But overall, Aziz Bandego is an injury, especially after how Wes Miller described it last night, that he was in pain to sit down, stand up, all that good uh, kind of stuff there. Obviously not good due to the injury, but something with the back injury is a lot more serious. And if terms like that, especially with the long season ahead of you with the big fella at that size, it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. Right. We'll, we'll see how it continues to go. And 
I think you get a little bit more concerned if he's not able to go at all on Friday, where you're just, it's kind of lingering a little bit at that point. It will have been lingering throughout a full week. And then obviously there's a week break until the matchup against Evansville on the 29th. Evansville, one of the better teams statistically that they'll face in this non-conference slate, the best team of the remaining three or the remaining, yeah, the remaining three that they had after Dayton. So you'd like to get him back for Evansville, which should be an on-ramp into what will be the toughest game of the season thus far at BYU starting off non-conference play or starting off conference play, excuse me, in the Big 12. 65-49, Neil, what can we really take away from this game against Merrimack? Is there a whole lot to take away? Do you really, like, going up against the 132nd ranked adjusted defense going in, they kind of look like they're facing a top third of the country defense, and going up against the 309th ranked adjusted offense, they hold that to 49 points, and it looked like UC was facing a team that's that bad on offense and really just had no offensive answers with the amount of size you see was throwing at them and the amount of rebounding acumen. I mean, 45 to 25 on the boards was a domination for Cincinnati. Overall, I think the biggest thing you can take away is it needs to get tighter. Things need to get tightened up a little bit. There can't be the sloppiness at the beginning of games. We saw it again on Tuesday where you're just not coming out with your foot pressed down onto the metal you're coming out, committing sloppy turnovers, which UC hasn't done a lot of this year. Entering the, the game, ranked 18th nationally in turnovers per game at 9.6 turns. They go and put up, what, 11 or 10 in the first half? Like, that can't happen in Big 12 play if they expect to keep pace in this conference and go what will likely need to be around a 500 record or a little bit less than 500 at worst, if they want to make the NCAA tournament, which looking at teamrankings.com, Neil, they went from a 79.8% chance to make the tournament last week to entering this game on Friday. They will have, last time I checked, a 69.8% chance in a week-over-week changing difference. That was one of the top 10 biggest drops among all teams nationally in chances to make the NCAA tournament. That Dayton loss just damaged them incredibly. And I didn't think we saw a whole lot on Tuesday to make anybody start thinking more positively about how that loss and these losses are getting responded to. Yeah, absolutely. And you talked about the Dayton loss obviously hurting them. And that's something Coach Miller even emphasized last night in the post-game press conference following their win on Tuesday versus Merrimack was that these guys have taken these two losses to Dayton and Dayton and Xavier harder than any team he has coached in his 13-year coaching career. He said these guys have handled these losses incredibly tough. Said some were even crying after the Dayton game because they knew how bad that game meant. They needed that game and how much it meant for that program, but they weren't able to get it done on Saturday night. But going forward, I mean, that Merrimack team, that defense is something that has caused a lot of turnovers for a lot of teams this season. Obviously, it's a 1-3-1 zone, but it's basically a high 2-3 zone. They come up, they bring the guy up, and it causes a lot of trouble. I mean, like 18 turnovers on the game, 11 of those came in the first half. Obviously, that's a number you're not expecting to see every game. But in order for them to be successful in Big 12 play, they're going to have to keep the turnovers down. They're going to see a lot of zone matchups. I know teams have thrown that zone out there a lot at them over the last week and a half, two weeks of non-conference play, whether it was Dayton, Xavier, Merrimack. But for the Big 12 play, they're going to need to be able to find ways to bust the zone, knock down the open three, or even develop that little floater game and find ways to attack that zone. 
Quick break here and then quick look at Stetson. We'll wrap it up on Bearcat Blitz. Winding things down with my co-host, Neil Meyer. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, as UC gets ready to take on the Stetson Hatters on Friday. Not much to dive into here. Looking at the raw statistics, it should be another big win for UC. 93.1% chance to take out Stetson, who is 7-5 on the season and enters this game, ranked 229th nationally in Ken Palm. They're kind of the opposite of the Merrimack Warriors, where they have a decent offense and a terrible defense. 119th on offense, 330th on defense. This should be a great chance for UC to hopefully get C.J. Frederick back and start getting that offense back into the direction it was going before the loss to Dayton. For Neil Meyer, I am Russ Elman. This has been Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network. This is the second. 15 seconds left. Shot clock off. Four-point game. DeJulius puts up a three. Yeah!